listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. Good morning. This is Michelle Bentham, host of Blooming Inspired Podcast, and I'm back with you this week bringing you more of my interview with Liddell Dudley. Liddell is a um, woman with a strong testimony, a strong prophetic voice, and she is an intercessor in her church there in Loveland, Colorado. Loveland, Colorado. Um, And she is an amazing woman with an amazing testimony of how God took the tra- her from the traumas in her life and brought her close to himself as she came into adulthood and had was married, had children, ended up divorced, very much a woman at the well kind of story and then overcoming all of these things in her life and um, now married again and and living a, a full abundant life in Loveland, Colorado. Last week we were talking a little bit, we concluded the show talking about how sometimes our relationship with our parents can define the way we relate to the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Fathers um, obviously relate to the Father. Son, peers, siblings, friends relate to the Son. And mothers relate to the Holy Spirit. So without any further explanation, I want to just jump right back into my conversation where we ended off last week with Liddell. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, reflecting on how you came to know the Father as good and loving, or at what your place you are in that process. Well, the beginning of understanding that God was angry with me was at the end of a, a long, uh, very painful uh, journey of looking for love in all the wrong places. And that's exactly what I did uh, from the one broken marriage. Uh, I ultimately got married two two other times. And so now uh, I'm married three times. And each time was wanting to be loved and accepted. But once they found out that I had been abused as a child and I opened up after years of trust or a year or so, I would open up. They couldn't handle it either. And each marriage was my first marriage was not, and I want to emphasize that it was not abusive. Yeah. Um, it was. I was in. I was in a loving family. I was in what I was married into. What I would call what looked like a normal could be a normal family. Sure, everyone has a bad day or a good day, but overall, they had holidays. They had gatherings. Uh, there were Sunday dinners. There was a lot of laughter. There was just things that I had not known growing up, not in that way. And then I went on and uh, for a span of 
uh, right at three years, I was in a great deception and found myself right in the middle of a cult with my two little girls. Mm. Because at that time, their dad had gone overseas for an overseas contract with a, a very well-renowned company. And uh, in the course of that, he had met someone. And so we uh, we went our separate ways. And when we went our separate ways, I wasn't bitter towards him. And uh, But there was no way that I could take back all that we had gone through. Yeah. And I, what I had my attention on was my two little girls. I wanted everything of their father to stay intact. And so I purposely went out of my way not to bash him, not to speak ill of him. And so then when I did find myself in this cult situation, they controlled everything I did, everything I felt or said, all all of my freedoms were taken away. So I didn't have an opinion anymore. Everything, every decision made, it had to go through them. And they ultimately arranged a marriage in that period of time. Mm. Uh, The guy that I got married was troubled himself. And we were married three and a half years. And then I picked my girls up, went back uh, to Texas again. And uh, and then later met someone else, married them, was married to them for three years, and it was not a good situation. Uh, this guy was hurting himself. So for a whole total of like nine years, you could say I was running from God. Yeah. And it and it was it was extremely lonely because in the course of those nine years, I had done some serious. Uh, damage to my daughters who were right there with me through every bad, good, indifferent decision. Absolutely. And there was a gulf of pain and hurt between us. They never stopped loving me, but they certainly didn't respect me. And they had nothing to respect at that point in me. So I found myself one night very broken. And it was like I hit my own brick wall and I was shattered like glass in a thousand pieces. So I knew I needed counseling. I didn't even know what the dynamics of counseling looked like, but I knew I couldn't go any further because at that point, I flat didn't want to live anymore. Mm. But I had two girls that I was responsible for. And even though I had made a complete shamble of their lives, some way, somehow, I wanted them to see me strong again. I wanted that respect. So when I went in that counselor's office, where I was in Texas at the time, they informed me there was a halfway house in Brownwood, Texas. And I checked myself in for six weeks. And through United Way, I went through counseling. They introduced me to a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And I opened up. And for the very first time in my whole life, I really talked. And I opened up completely. Up to that point, I had confided in two people. And that was a very dear aunt that's close to me to this very, very day. My Aunt Barbara, that I love with all my heart. And uh, my good friend, 
that I have in Texas. And I realized listening to my own self, not not really understanding that I'd been traumatized. I didn't even know what that meant. But when the Christian psychologist looked at me and said, my God, how, how could you survive all these things? And I thought, well, not so much as others. There are other people who have gone through far more than I have ever been through, but then more than some. And that is how I kept it balanced. Right. But uh, by the time I was in my uh, late 30s, that's when the seriousness of everything came crashing in. And in that halfway house, as I sat in that front yard by myself, I opened my Bible and the tears were slashing on the pages. And I heard in my heart and I said, oh, God, I've gone so far from you. I don't know that there is a road to come back on. And I heard him so clearly. He said, Liddell, I'm at the end of the road. Look up. I'm here and I've been waiting. Wow. Yeah. I've been waiting the whole time. Yeah. I love you. I'm not mad at you. But I want you to go to, I want you to pick your life up. I want you to move to Colorado. And I'm going to rebuild you from the ground up. And one day you're going to be reconciled with your daughters. And you're going to understand. But not only did I watch everything, but I was right there with you the whole time. Mm. But out of my great love, I give all of humanity a free will choice. Mm -hmm. And I won't never interfere with their free will choices. So I've been waiting on this road for you that you one day would make that choice and come back to me. Mm. That's so All I ask is that you just take my hand and there was no promise coming to Colorado. There was no promise of anything except that he had placed me on a couple's heart to open their home. Mm. And was this an older couple or somebody that was your age? No, it, it was a couple um, very close to my age, but they were just so loving and so caring. and. I had been introduced to her by phone, and for the next six weeks in that place, she called me regularly, and even though I never asked her what she looked like, can you imagine? But <laughs> but I was so broken in that place. Right. Never occurred to me one time to ask her what she looked like. I only knew that her name was Laura, a very beautiful, godly, loving Christian woman, and and that's how you ended up in Colorado was that they they had a heart for you and you were moving up there. Yes, they they felt God wanted them to purchase a round trip ticket and invite me into their home for as long as it took. And even though I didn't understand that completely, and after all the trust that had been violated at that point in my life, 
it was God and the Holy Spirit that was prompting me. No, you can trust this. This is real. This is genuine. Just take this step. You won't regret it. And I did. And to this day, they saved my life. Mm. They literally saved my life. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it remarkable to look back over the years and see the difference between you pushing out, trying to find the thing you needed on your own and ending up in the situation with the cult, but then coming to the end of yourself years later and God opening the door for you to learn what true Christian fellowship and love looks like through this couple. And they, and he really gives you a family to take care of you in a completely strange place. So instead of having to go to Colorado with absolutely nothing, no one, you're just going to show up and figure out what happens. He gives you a, a door to step through and a place to be safe in your transition. And, um, you know, you gave me the scripture, Jeremiah 33, three. And in that moment of your brokenness, sitting in that yard in the halfway house, you cried out to him and he answered you just as the scriptures tell us he will do call to me and I will answer and tell you great and unsearchable things that you cannot know. You had no idea what was waiting for you in Colorado, but it would be the thing that heal brought the most healing to your life to that point. Wouldn't it? Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, to even give you a clearer picture, imagine this: you, you go to your children who now are, um, 15 and 16, and you tell them that in order for you to put your life back together and once again be the strong person that they one time trusted, that you would have to go far away from them and put your put your life back together uh, without them being around you to do that. As if I was, it was no different as if I was an addict if I was an alcoholic or I was a drug addict and now I was checking myself into rehab. That that was the, the depth of the measure of the seriousness and the weight of the situation. I had to solely trust, even though, understand, I, I didn't trust myself at that point. How could I? Yeah. When I had been so self-deceived for so long, how could I possibly? But it was like, I'm 100% in or I'm 100% out. Right. At this point, I have lost so much. And I had really just gotten numb inside to let myself feel anything. I only knew that I didn't have any more answers. And if there was a slim chance of me ever gaining the respect of my daughter's back, it was worth everything. And if I had to leave them, to make that happen. There wasn't much more that I could lose. Mm, that's in the respect of my beautiful daughters. Yeah. And so here I am on this plane and we're en route to uh, the airport to Denver and I've I really come to a realization, oh my gosh, I didn't even ask her what she looks like. 
<laughs> How am I going to know who is picking me up at the airport? All I know is her name is Laura. I don't have a description of her at all. But what I had forgotten, she sent me a box with a blue, baby blue windbreaker. And I would be wearing that. That's where I was. That was the state of mind that I was in when I got here. I was a basket case. But you and had so to I'm completely thinking, abandon all logic and all self-protection to step into this unknown place, not even I knowing think, what the person you were meeting was looked like. You were going to wear this blue windbreaker, and the person who approached you who recognized the blue windbreaker is the person you've been talking to. Mm -hmm. That's how we met face-to-face. -face. And so here I am on the plane, and the stewardess keeps coming back, you know, just doing her day-to-day -day job, but she she takes a special attention to me because I'm crying the whole time. I, I've lost it now because um, I'm so, I'm so frightened and I, and I was bound up with fear anyway. And for those that are listening, you, if you can relate, fear can grip you so much that it literally paralyzes you. You can't talk, you can't speak, you, you don't dare make a move physically because you don't know what to do and you're frozen in that place. That sure. is a spirit of fear and it's real. And that's what had gripped me at that point in my life. So the stewardess comes and she goes, oh, she said, uh, when we land, when the plane lands, could you just stay behind? I, I just want to have a word with you. It won't take long. And I nod to her because... I'm still wiping tears off my face, and we land. Everyone left the plane, and I'm sitting there by myself, and she said, I noticed when the pilot said, welcome to Colorado, you weren't happy. You actually had a, a, a look of fear on your face. And I said, well, yeah, it's just on on me. I'm, I'm on my way into the airport. And the problem is, I don't know who is picking me up, and I've not met them. And I, this is a step of faith or stupidity. I don't know which at this point. And I said, but I have no place to go. And so I went into the airport, and it's a hustle bustle, and there's a, the voices. It, it all feels like a merry-go-round. And I'm standing in the very center and the enemy just comes in and he tells me, what a fool you are. Mm. You believe somebody else and now you're going to be stranded. You've lost your daughter's respect. You've lost your daughter's. Uh, you know, no agency took my daughters away. Yeah. My I own bad choices made that choice for itself. So they chose to be with their dad. Mm -hmm. And so I... I keep my eyes forward and I'm, I'm thinking, no, I've, I've got to, I've got to just calm down, take a deep breath and, and I've got to think now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm looking straight ahead and this really petite woman with blonde hair starts making her way towards me and I notice she's really zoned in on me and she starts waving at me and she comes in closer and closer still and she says, Hi, Liddell. You must be Liddell. I'm Laura. 
I'm Laura. And then I knew because all of this warmth, just like I was wrapped in a warm blanket, came over me. And I felt the presence of the Lord. And I knew, I knew that I was safe. And I still had nothing in front of me. But you, you can't counterfeit the presence of God. Yeah, that's the true. enemy will counterfeit himself. But you cannot counterfeit the presence of a loving God. It, it can't be done. It's either real or it's not. Yeah. And I knew that I had finally been directed by God himself. And I was now in a safe place. Wow. And so how much so time here did you spend with Laura and her husband in their home? Um, there in Colorado? The first time, the first time I was there for about um, about two two months, three months. Uh, early on, I looked for work because I I wanted to get my life put back together. And in my mind's eye, the first thing I needed to do was get a job so I could get my own place. And I mean, I was putting a, there was a plan in, in motion from that point on. And they gave me three weeks, uh, to just rest because I was mentally and physically, I was exhausted when I arrived here. And they gave me three weeks. And at the end of three weeks, I just looked at them and I said, look, I need to go get a job. And I'd like to send my daughter some cards and, and I want to open communication that way. And so, I did. I got a job and uh, I worked. And on my day off, I looked for a better job Mm. and I found a better job. And then I got word uh, my twin was in really serious condition mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And and so I left and went to Arizona for a brief time to take care of her. And then I came back to Colorado. in that six month six months interim, and resumed where I started, and I had saved every dollar that I had made, and got a little apartment of my own, and I started on the journey of rebuilding with God's help you to know, rebuild your, my life. Your story reminds me of. Um, well, you sent me Isaiah 61, but it reminds me of particularly the first four verses, which says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good thing- tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair their ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And then he talks about Restoring back double honor for all the shame 
So in verse 7, it says, Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. And then it concludes in verse 11 with, For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before the nations. And as we're, we're sitting here and we're talking, I see this picture of how the Lord is doing that through your testimony and through your life, um, how he's bringing you to this place where he's binding up the wounds of your heart. He's set, breaking the chains of bondage that have been on you since childhood in many respects. And he is turning all of that darkness and that, that pain and that hurt and wounding that has has been consuming you like fire and he's going to give you that beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the pray garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And I just feel that sensation of knowing that he has taken that shame that you experienced and given you a double portion of honor in its place because you relied on him and trusted him every step of the way after you broke and you cried out to him. You may not have done well those previous 30 some odd years, but you, you landed in a place where all you could do was look up and find him. And what a glorious thing that is that it's no wonder he gave you that verse of scripture because that's your life story right there on in his word. And so, um, Anyway, that just, oh, it was just all over me how truly resonating that scripture is with the testimony that you're sharing with me. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in next week to hear more of Liddell Dudley's amazing story about how God took her from tragedy to triumph, from trauma to triumph. Um, she went from being a young girl with a very traumatized history and background from a very young age to walking through several different um, emotional and relational traumas um, throughout her adulthood until she came to this place of redemption with God. And so we will be continuing her story Next week looks like I have two more weeks um, of interview with Liddell left. I thought this would be a four-point series, but it looks like it's going to take us right into Christmas. And so um, be sure to look Liddell up on Facebook, facebook.com. And her name is Liddell, L-A-D-E-L-L space Dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y. And... Um, that is her Facebook profile is what you are looking for. Um, there is a page Liddell Dudley that does not belong to her, but there is, um, and I'll link to her in our Facebook post at facebook.com forward slash blooming inspired. So um, I just want to encourage you spend time reading the book of Luke this Christmas season. If you, um, Begin right now. You could read a chapter a day in the book of Luke and finish up the book just shortly after Christmas. Uh, and, you know, the, the book of Luke is full of such treasure. Some of my favorite verses in the Bible 
are found in the book of Luke. And at Blooming Inspired, we're going to pick up our Bible study in Luke chapter 5 this Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Time. We took a break from it last week. Um, I was moving furniture making a dedicated office space in my home. It had been in the living room. And so I have been very busy and I'm very tired, but I am very optimistic that God is getting me focused for my 2020, uh, the year 2020 vision, which is to write the vision, make it plain, that things are going to start happening so fast they're going to make your head swim, and that the plans of God, every purpose and desire of His heart regarding my life is going to come to pass. So be sure to check us out. Um, we have a, a group called Wildflower Women. The, the immediate tag is Relaunch. If you'd like more information about that, just DM me over at the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Blooming Inspired. I'd love to get you connected. Um, I believe we're going to do some fun things in 2020 with the Wildflower Women Relaunch, and I'd love for you to engage with us there. I am totally blessed to have served you for the last year through podcasting, through um, just encouragement, through our Facebook page. Um, The last six months have been a little challenging for me in the social media department, but I feel like we're going to be writing and we're going to be talking more um, as we come into the new year. We're going to be launching a new podcast after the first of the year. Can't wait to bring that to you. I've got um, a woman full of wisdom coming to you from uh, the northeastern United States and so that's pretty exciting to me we've been working on developing her podcast for a few months now and so um, I just want to encourage you enjoy your family these holidays if you're standing for a prodigal I'm praying for you I'm just asking God to bring them home to bring reconciliation and restoration to your family and so be sure to tune in next week as we hear about how God has worked restoration and redemption in Liddell's family and I want to remind you as I always do that blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams so live your lives blooming alive you have been listening to the blooming inspired podcast on the blooming inspired podcast network this show airs each week on tuesdays so please take a moment to like share and subscribe to this podcast to learn more about this podcast its network or the ministries of blooming inspired network please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page